Power to the people. Power to the people now. Welcome to my latest version of my podcast called Leftovers. Um, There has been a delay since uh, the second of Super Tuesdays until now. Just because I literally have not known what to say about the democracy that is America. And um, as an outsider, I must say it's caught me quite by surprise because I've always thought, well, I've had a different perception. I mean, I've I've known that, you know, there were sort of money interests, etc., etc. But I had no, I had no idea that literally the American people don't have much of a say. And just the words coming out of my mouth just already makes me think that this is just bizarre beyond bizarre. So what's happened? What what happened since we last spoke? Well, it was just before, it was the day before Super, Super, Super Mini Tuesday, the second Super Tuesday. And of course, um, I think there was five states and Biden swept four of them and Bernie got one of them. Um, so it was much of the same of Super Tuesday. Um, then last Tuesday, or three, two days ago, I don't even know what day it is now, to be honest. Well, anyway, a few days ago, we had the second mini Tuesday, and um, it was pretty much the same. However, the first mini Tuesday, if you can remember, we spoke about Texas and California, etc., and all the poll. So the same thing started to happen. Um, by this time, there was still no corona outbreak, although it happened in other countries in the world. It was already in Italy. It was already in Germany and France and Spain. Um, of course, it was in China and Singapore and South Korea, etc. But um, it hadn't quite come to America yet. So things were pretty much as normal for second, uh, boiling up to the second mini Tuesday. But before the mini Tuesday started, a few of the states had already implemented the um, social distancing aspect, etc. Um and what this did, okay, before I jump the gun and talk about the second Super Mini um, Tuesday, is to just go reflect back on Super Tuesday with California and um, Texas, etc. Do you remember there were lots of students uh, in long lines that never got to vote? So they used the same tactic on Mini Super Tuesday by um, basically closing polls in underprivileged neighborhoods at the last minute and telling them to go to other areas to vote. And when they got there, of course, there were very long queues and much, or they, I mean, estimates are that sort of 40 to 50% didn't get a chance to vote. But in the rich neighborhoods, the white neighborhoods, the well-to-do neighborhoods, of course, there were no queues. It was in a little library. People came and went and voted with ease, without a problem. (coughs) So, looking back, I think an error of the Bernie Sanders movement would have been to, right from the word go, tell people to vote by mail, in advance, you know, absentee ballots, etc., etc., that kind of thing. Because leaving it to the day has left all the young people who, of course, don't plan in advance and just arrived hoping that they could vote to find out that, in some cases, they couldn't 
they were turned away, their signature wasn't right, whatever. So all these tactics in American politics to discredit voters or some voters so that other voters can have their say louder. And I know this sounds terrible, but it is what it is. I'm not making it up. I've actually been watching this now for quite a few weeks unfold, and it is, like I said, I didn't know what to say. That's why I didn't record a podcast before. So come to the last Mini Super Tuesday, which was a couple of days ago. Of course, Corona had now broken out in many of the states in the USA, and <coughs> and even me have built had a sort of cough, as you could hear, dry cough, but I don't have fever. I don't have any of the other symptoms, So, but I'm still at home. Um, anyway, so, uh, what happened? So about a day, the day before the election, Bernie Sanders made an announcement to his followers saying, I can't ask you in this kind of environment to go and stand in a queue and vote for me, knowing that you could be risking yourselves to getting this, uh, virus. So I can't ask you to, I have to leave that decision to you. You have to assess what's your neighborhood's like, what your polling area's like, and uh, and make that decision. We just want you to stay safe. And in our, in their estimation, they would have preferred that this voting was delayed until after the outbreak so that people could have the chance to vote or to put it online so that people can vote without any worries of getting it from someone else. What did Joe Biden's people say? Everybody, please get out and vote. It's still safe. Go and vote, which they did, and they won. Okay? So that's what happened on this mini Tuesday. But I found a very interesting uh, strategy uh, column by one of the Republican strategists. Um, and, of course, that's Trump's party. They made this decision a couple of months ago. They really don't want to come up against Bernie Sanders with his millions of people, followers, these grassroots movement. So what they did was a lot of the, in the democratic elections for in the primaries in America, a lot of the states have it as an open primary. There's only one or two that are closed. Open primary means that Republicans can register or unregister as a Republican, register as a Democrat, vote, and then unregister as a Democrat and register as a Republican again. And what they've done very astutely, strategically, extremely brilliant, they voted in large numbers for Joe because they know they can eat Joe alive. His record is abysmal. He was for the Iraq war. He was for the bombing in Yemen. He was for the credit card companies and the high interest rates. He was, I mean, the Anita Hill issue in terms of the segregation of buses in the states, he was on that or on the wrong side of that as well. I mean, he's got such a record that's so bad and so long that um, that he by by I mean, in any normal presidency or election, he wouldn't have been a candidate man. That's why he never won the last times. This is his third time running for president. And I'm telling you now, mark my words: if Joe Biden is the nominee. Trump will win a second term. He will destroy Joe Biden. Joe Biden will be like, well, we, we've got to bring unite Americans of both Republicans and Democrats. We've got to bring them together. And Trump will be looking at him and say, 
Joe, you have a problem. You'll mock him and Joe will be, where am I? What do I do now? It'll be over. There's no chance. There's no chance. They are they are biting at the bit to be against Joe Biden because they know against Sanders, the movement, the hundreds of thousands, the millions of people, it's way too big a risk to go up against Bernie. So not only was it the establishment, the mainstream media, the 1%, the billionaires, all against Bernie Sanders, now it was the Democratic Party themselves because they're going to lose the power and the money they would be getting. Plus the Republicans were like strategic and think, hmm, who do we want, Joe or, Ber or Bernie? Badass Bernie or Joe? Hmm, I don't want to go up against badass Bernie. So they did what they did. So there's a lot happening. So that's what happened on Mini Tuesday. So Joe Biden won a few more. But now... We look at, let's just hang on a second. Let me open this web page. Let's look at the delegate count, where we stand on the delegate count front. And you will see after, what is it, 55% or 56% of all voting? Yep, I mean, there's a 200 points difference. Biden is on 1,180. And uh, Bernie Sanders, it says here 885, but if I'm not mistaken, it's about 960 due to the fact that his delegates have not been allocated yet. He's still waiting for delegates from the first months. So the California, Texas primary, etc. Those delegates haven't been allocated yet. And that's why that, that hasn't been uh, put into his name. So, um, hold on a second, I have to press pause. Yeah, so let's continue. Um, so yes, let's have a look at the delegate count. So I, I still think we're we're between 150 and 200 delegates, and there's still what uh, 40, 44 percent of the vote to come, and uh, a good 22 states. So um, and big ones too. If you think about New York and the likes, there's still a couple of big ones. Will anybody reach the 1,991? They're going to try to make it look like Joe gets it. I'm guaranteeing you that. Even if he doesn't get it, they're going to, they're just going to make it look like it and then say, oh, sorry, it's a mistake, but it's got to stay that way. You know how they've done this whole, I don't even, you see, the, the, because it's a primary, in other words, it's not a, an official government election. It's a private company, which is the Democratic Party. It's registered as a private company. And private companies can run their own membership base the way they want to and elect who and make who they want as the leader. So there is no recourse in terms of having independence oversee the election, etc., etc., because it's not an official election. It's a company electing its own officers before they go into the general election. General election is different. It's an, it's an official government election. So... Um, this is how the mon the people with money have kept power and America has become what it is today by moving the fence line, moving who votes in what area, moving these people around so that we can choose who we want as our constituents to vote for us and leave the poor people that have got nothing and bad water and whatever out of the system so they don't have to vote and make many changes. It's absurd. It's a kind of... It's a kind of, uh, what is it, economic slavery. 
they've literally found a way. It's just insane. So that's that's where this short podcast is today um, and where we stand. I'm not going to go too more deeply into it. There's another three weeks now before the next state's Everybody on the on the in the center of the Democratic Party is pressuring Bernie Sanders to to drop out and get behind Biden so that they can concentrate on Trump. He's saying no, that's not democratic because there are twenty two states where we've already canvassed, we've marketed, we've advertised, we've been out there doing rallies, speaking to voters. We can't just give up half the way and leave them without a chance to vote for who their candidate should be. So even if we lose, we want everybody to get the chance to vote. And that is the democratic thing to do, the right thing to do, that the Democratic Party want him to drop out and basically cancel half the states from voting is just undemocratic. But what's more about the funny irony about this is that they call themselves the Democratic Party. So um, we should call them the undemocratic party because Jesus... I mean, it could be bloody, what's that um, Siron from Lord of the Rings could turn around and say, oh, actually, I was just looking for the ring because, you know, it was lost and I'm actually a good guy and I want to look after the planet. And we'd be like, oh, Siron is actually a a good guy. You know, the Democratic Party, for God's sake, man. Anyway, so what's happening behind the scenes? Because, as you know, I'm sort of lean more to the progressive. So a lot of Bernie Sanders' base is depressed and not highly energetic at the moment. Number one, due to the coronavirus, which is now storming the states. Uh, they grew from five, de- five days ago having 100 uh, infected to 200, 300, like went up like 100 a day. And now they're close on, you know, what is it, 7,000 or something. So, so it's growing rapidly there. And, uh, and I think it's going to be, they're going to be the hardest hit out of everybody because, uh, because you need money to heal yourself. Whereas the rest of us, we look after each other and our governments and our taxes paid for all of this. So we looked after, which is the right way. Um, what community or democracy means is that everybody, the individual, everybody has the chance. I think they've lost their way with what the meaning of democracy is. Anyway, <coughs> excuse me. That's not the. That's just a, this dry feeling in my chest. Uh, anyway, even if it is, it is. Um, so the coronavirus has really taken everything by storm. What's happening on the progressive front? So these Bernie Sanders people are demoralized, and but they're not giving up. They want Bernie to stay in, and there was a a, a hashtag dear Bernie uh, Twitter uh, feed that went on over the last couple of days, wanting him to stay in the race and to fight because what he says and what he his policies are are exactly what the country needs right now. Watching the, the conservatives and the Democrats fight each other in the Senate to try and get half measures passed and then strategically Trump or whoever's advising him is playing the cards really well because he's making some very smart moves. He's even gone left to the left of Joe Biden and the Democrats by offering uh, or putting up a UBI to be voted on uh, so that every citizen gets a a boost of cash. Um, They're looking at sick leave, paid sick leave and stuff like that, which not even the Democrats 
they had proposed that 20% of workers get these things. I don't know what they think the other 80% are going to do. But uh, so the Trump is playing his cards really well, smart as hell. I hate the I hate the dude and what he stands for. But strategically, you have to admire the guts that it has to play these Democrats so easily. Oh, he just played to their greed straight away. He knew what they would do, that they would fight Bernie. He knew it all. He's prepared everything to fight Joe already. So as soon as they say Joe's the nominee, watch all these videos drop about Joe Biden's son being corrupt in Ukraine and how Joe is losing his mind. And you see, watch. You think the Bernie supporters were were tough sending Elizabeth Warren a picture of a snake because she attacked him. Wait for it. There's going to be... Trump will not hold back. He does not give us stuff. He will climb in. Joe is going to be toast. I actually even feel sorry for him now because they're putting him up against this dude. It's like, I don't know, it's like putting me up against The Undertaker in a wrestling match or up against freaking Mike Tyson. It's just not going to happen. Anyway, so... Um, so what to do with all this stuff? Oh, my word. So coronavirus has taken the world by storm. All the countries and stats. There's so much information about it everywhere. I mean, you can Google. There's 375 bloody websites with information on it. Um, I've done my own research uh, just because I wanted to know what we're dealing with. I'm a natural health kind of person, so I wanted to know what kind of preparations I can put myself into. I've already been... Um, getting my body used used to higher doses of vitamin C. You have to take vitamin D. Um, in my research, I found out from the Italians um, and um, in their research and their discoveries with regards to treating the, the pandemic that they realized that this um, the strain of flu is a combination of SARS, which is, uh, I can't remember the exact description, but it was... Um, severe acute respiratory syndrome or something like that so it's a lung breathing uh fibrosis kind of scenario that develops after the flu so first you'll get the flu you'll get the cough then you'll get the fever and then you'll get the you know the lethargy and the attack your immune system will come in kick in um and then after the 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 sort of main bout of the flu is kicked you will start to get chest pains and breathing issues because of the fact that it's a respiratory uh, disorder. And um, and uh, so that will be the stress. And that is where the most danger comes in. So um, they call it a cytokine or cytokine storm that happens. And what happens is that your, your, your immune system, your immune system becomes super aggressive and attacks many of the organs in your body because it's trying to fight um, and it can't because the, 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 the issue with the virus is in the linings. So there's a whole cytokine, cytokine storm that happens with regards to your immune system, like in HIV, very similar to the HIV scenario. And lately, a lot of the drugs that have been having uh, positive effects are the antiretroviral drugs that HIV users would be using. Um, and uh, you can research this, you can Google this, you'll find uh, that there is uh, information about this. Um, and um, so after hearing all these things, I've prepared myself and I would suggest the following. 
you need vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin E. Because if you take vitamin A, you have to take vitamin E with it. It's sort of like a yin and yang kind of thing. It's a balance. Um, so you take vitamin A is definitely strong against cytokine storms in your body, which is when your immune system gets overstrong and starts fighting against your own organs. Um, brings about balance. Um, NAC, so in terms of broken DNA, etc. Um, I would say vitamin C, D, A, E. Selenium is a strong um, added uh, fighter against cytokine storms, as well as ashwagandha. So I have all of this in stock in my cupboard, so I know when it comes, I what to take. I've been getting my body used to a much higher doses of vitamin C so that, uh, so that I have enough oxygen in my cells. Um, this is just what I'm doing on my own. Uh, I tried asking professionals. I've tried getting information. Um, everyone's like, yeah, but it's not evidence-based. And yeah, I get it and I understand, but this is not about evidence, man. I need to beat this. Um, I have a, a, an immune system, uh, autoimmune disorder already. So I'm one of the, uh, what do you call it? The risk people involved in this scenario. So I need to make sure that I have the best possible tools to fight the sucker with. Drink lots of fluids when you get this. Drink lots of water. Just keep bottles of water. Put some ascorbic acid in it so that it, you're drinking it slowly all the time. You know, when you drink a big dose of ascorbic acid, your body only uses the, what it needs and then it dumps the rest into your bladder and you wee it out. So, so if you're drinking little bits of it all the time during the day, it's probably going to be more beneficial. In Finland, where I live, there is no possibility of intravenous vitamin C. Um, unfortunately, otherwise I'd be there. But anyway, so I've got getting myself ready. I've already had the flu last week, uh, normal flu. Uh, so I've just recovered from that. Um, and uh, I'm left a little bit with this dry cough. And I know that's what, when it comes, where it will start with the dry cough. Hopefully I've got enough antibodies by now. Um, and uh, once there are enough people that, of course, are immune to it, the sort of herd mentality works. And with social distancing, we might be able to get this down before the second wave comes. And I think the second wave for us in the north of Europe will probably come when the winter starts. And of course, it'll be even more strain on the on the health services at that point. But hopefully, um, the second wave, the, the people that are immune to it first, or hopefully they stay immune and it doesn't mutate, We'll be able to deal with this, but I have a feeling this is not a two. You know, we initially we thought this would be like a two month or three month thing, and then it'll come. This is not. This is not that. Um, estimates are already now like eighteen months. Um, the kids won't go back to school this year. Um, although my kid is at school because he's upstairs on his laptop in his room on his desk, and he logs in in the mornings to the teacher, and they do assignments etc. together. So school is going on. Already we're on each other's nerves at home, on top of each other, um, and there's complaints. And we're like one week in, <laughs> there's complaints that we can't see our friends, how are we going to socialize? And there's months to go. So stay safe out there, and I hope a little bit of uh, thought comes. I do have something interesting to say. A friend of mine and myself are thinking about uh, starting up a more official podcast with maybe video, where we're going to interview people from... The Nordics from Europe, maybe even from the States, progressives, uh, progressive speakers, talkers, 
anything from the future of economies. How is this going to change the world with this after the virus ends? I mean, look at the economies. America dropped $1.2 trillion on a Thursday into the stock exchange. It lasted for 10 minutes and it was gone. <laughs> Vacuumed. Gone. They put another, uh, was it $800 million? So they got up to $2 trillion and that was vacuumed straight away as well. And now they've put in, I think, a bit more. So we're up to about $2.2 trillion that they've put in. Um, it's not making much of an impact there. I think the global economy is going to literally come to a standstill. And you're going to see after this sort of the superpower shift where I presume China will come out of it a bit stronger. You saw how they've handled the pandemic. They built hospitals immediately. They made changes immediately. The whole community understood what needed to be done. It was fast, it was efficient, and it was effective. Regardless of their dictatorial, authoritarian regime, etc., etc. I mean, there's a lot about them that I disagree with completely. But I have to take my hat off where credit's due. There's some things that they've done that we should be like, wow, okay. Um... Lots of possibilities. There's vaccines being developed all over the case. And we'll see if this was ever designed to be a profit uh, venture. We'll see once the vaccine comes out. But if it's free and etc., then you'll know it's a genuine thing to end the virus. If it's a money-making thing and governments have to buy it from America, then I will put money on it that America developed this whole thing in the first place. Anyway... Currencies will change, economies will change, how we see work will change. The whole revolution that maybe was needed to happen is being forced on us, whether we want it or not. I hope that's something to think about. Anyway, my friend and I will have more information about our new podcast, stroke video, whatever it's going to be. We're going to start brainstorming it tonight and I will feed back. Until the next time, if I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the window. Thanks for listening to Leftovers. Goodbye.